0: Father, we uh, tend uh, to put our hope and our anchor in all kinds of things that have no business being our anchor. And so I pray for this exact group uh, that's here at 11 o'clock. God, would you speak to each one of us and would you reveal to us where we might be misplacing our hope? And, Father, may our anchor, may our hope be in you and in you alone. And any time we begin to misplace that hope, God, would you just tug at our hearts so that we can be quick to say, God, I don't want to put my hope in other things. I don't want to put my hope in circumstances of change. I don't want to put my hope uh, in other people. God, I want my hope to be in you and in you alone that you will always be our anchor. And I pray this in the holy name of Jesus, our anchor, amen. Well, good morning and happy new year. Year. It's so good to see you You may be seated. I think it's awesome that you clap that it's a new year. That's, That's good news. I do have some amazing news for you, by the way. Uh, for those that were here uh, at our Christmas Eve services, uh, we took up a special offering for St. Monica's. Uh, we work with St. Monica's all—I mean, throughout the year—they are on our radar. Uh, we keep in touch. We've got several folks that work with them. Uh, but we took up a special offering, and everything that came in on uh, Christmas Eve went directly to them to the tune of two thousand six hundred and four dollars now if I, if I read it correctly, it was two thousand six hundred four dollars and eleven cents and my favorite part was the eleven cents uh, because at, at new Cove, everybody can do something, and I think you know whoever gave the eleven cents, I think that is awesome, and so we every every cent counts, and every cent matters, so do not think that when you invest in others, when you take a, an extra step and take a, a, a when you 're inconvenienced don 't think that that inconvenience doesn 't matter. Uh, one of the things that we pray for all the time at NuCov, especially uh, those that are involved in in ministry. Uh, here for for services to happen. We pray that, that we will be, we'll come in contact with the people that God wants us to come in contact with. I, I know there's no way that I can speak to everybody. Uh, I would like to. In fact, if you don't mind, the doors will be locked this morning until I can talk to everybody. And that would make my day, but I realize that can't happen. But we pray and say, God, would you just put the right people in my pathway that I can bring heaven to them and be a blessing to them And breathe uh, words of encouragement to them. And so, all that to say, I'll I'll land the plane so we can get moving. But uh, what you do matters. Don't ever think that the little things are not noticed. Eleven cents matters. And I'm excited about that. I would like for all of you to find uh, a yellow communication card. If you are a guest, we'd appreciate you filling that out as much as you're comfortable with. But in particular, guests included... Uh, on the back of that is a place for you to put prayer requests, and if you're on our prayer team, I want you to write down this this passage. I'm going to put it up on screen. But we are a church that prays; we are a praying church. And when you put in prayer requests, we take those seriously, and we go through them over and over and over and over and over again uh, until the next week. And We pray for whatever you put there. But this will be the driving verse. So if you're on our prayer team, uh, write this verse down, and this will be the filter by which we will pray for whatever all of you write down, guests included. Psalm 62, 5 to 8. It's an amazing passage, and it'll bring such encouragement to you. It says, Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. We just got through singing about our hope. As we pray for you, for your prayers to be answered, greater than just your prayers answered we want you to put your hope in him and not in circumstances for my hope is in him and that he alone is my rock he alone is my salvation he's my fortress where i will not be shaken my victory my honor come from god alone he is my refuge a rock where no enemy can reach me oh my people trust in him at all times and as we go through every specific prayer request, we will close with this saying, and may you put your trust in him at all times more. You, may you pour your heart out to him, for God is our refuge. And just notice the attention. Notice the focus on this. The focus is upon God. Notice where our, our the focus of our hope is. Our hope is in him. And we're so easily distracted to put our hope in somebody else changing or something not changing or all the ifs and buts. And it's been a while. In fact, it's been over a year since I've said this is a new year. <laughs> if ifs and buts were gifts and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. That's a Southern thing. Just put up with me. I was in Texas. So we, we could put our hope in all the ifs and buts but those things change all the time and so it's not that your prayer requests don't matter but ultimately what matters is that we put our hope in him and that that he alone would be our rock that he would be our salvation that he would be our fortress that honor comes from god alone that he would be again the focus our refuge our rock where no enemy can reach me that we would at all times put our trust in Him and not in the changing circumstances around us, that we would pour out our heart to Him, for God is our refuge. This is talking about being fiercely present. That phrase, I hope, gets blocked and burned into your brain, fiercely present, because there is such a fight for us not to be fiercely present and focused. And we want to be careful to bring out, give the best, give focus to our best. Why are we making such a big deal about being fiercely present? Why would we even name an entire series called Fiercely Present? Because this, what you give your attention to is the person you become. What you give your attention to becomes the person you will be. What you fill your mind with shapes the trajectory of your character. Here's the bottom line. Your life is no more than the sum of what you give your attention to for better or for worse. And so, this month we're going to talk about being fiercely present for what matters. Because there's such a pull and a the evil one wants us to put our focus on things that don't matter that are changing that just come with the winds. Of time, We live in a fast-paced, superficial, distracted world. But here's my question. What if the most important activity in your life rises and falls on your attention? Proper attention. What if the most important thing in your life rises and falls on what you give proper attention to? And so we're going to talk about what would it look like for us to be fiercely present with God this year, Let me define fiercely present and then we'll jump into our first passage. Fiercely present is this. Focus living by having our schedules and our habits align with what really matters. Because our schedules and our habits are going to align to something. And unless we take charge of it and make a decision, we will find ourselves not aligning with what really matters. Two passages I want us to look at today, and you might want to take your worship guide. Page 3 would be a place to jot these two passages down. They are amazing passages that I don't want you to miss, and you'll want to look at it some this week. Lamentations is in the Old Testament. Lamentations chapter 3, beginning with verse 22. It's page 823 if you're using the Bible in the seat pockets. Lamentations 3 because and notice the attention again notice the focus notice how fiercely focused and present he the prophet is here because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed let's stop it, it, it just think about this because of the Lord's great love for us we are not consumed. That means that no matter what happens this year, good or bad, whatever may come your way, you will not be consumed. If your eyes, if your focus, if you're fiercely present and focused upon God, if he's the one that your hope is relying upon, then you will not be consumed. It doesn't stop problems coming. It doesn't stop all kinds of activities. But this focus here says you will not be consumed. No, and here's why. Because his mercies never fail if you write in your bibles y'all circle the word never his mercies never fail and notice this he doesn't give us leftovers i don't mind leftovers but i prefer fresh and god's mercies are not leftovers they are new every day when you focus on him and not focus on all the other distractions that may come our way those mercies they are new every morning So great is God's faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. We'll talk about it. It's a great word, by the way. We'll talk about that. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. It will, duh. I mean, if God's mercies are new every single day, if we are not going to be consumed by whatever may come our way, if his mercies are new every day and his faithfulness is great, and God is our portion, then of course we would wait for Him. The Lord is good to those whose, who, whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Just a couple things. So what does the word mercies mean when it says His mercies are new every single day? You ought to hear this. Out of the Hebrew, it is, it's uh, defined this way. Mercies are... are, are described this way, indicating loving kindness, goodness, faithfulness, love, acts of kindness. Basically, it means God's kindness and faithfulness serve as the foundation for his actions and his character. God's actions and his character are, are driven by his faithfulness. So think about this. His mercies Are new every day. His mercies are for you and for me. And his mercies are his loving kindness every day. His goodness every day. His faithfulness to you every day. His love every day. His acts of kindness every single day. No matter what may come your way. You can find them when you focus upon him. And it says because of that the Lord is my portion. If you are not a note taker note this. A portion means this, a chosen way of life. You're not writing that down, I can see. You're looking at me. Just look down and make me think you're doing it. Because of God's mercies, because of God's faithfulness, because of His goodness, His way of doing life is how I would want to live my life. Well, the evil one does not want you to take his chosen way of life. The evil one wants you to be distracted from what God wants for you. And so we're going to talk about overcoming distractions. I'm not through with you non-note takers. I want you to write something else down. Let's look at the word hope. We all okay, hope, hope, hope. But then in this case, it's a verb meaning to wait for, to look for, to depend upon. That would make sense. But notice this. In this case, the word is used to signify depending and ordering activities around a future event and not current circumstances. You missed your opportunity to go, Whoa. No, no, isn't that amazing that our hope is going to be not in what we can presently see. This is talking about faith, but we're going to put our hope in ordering our activities, uh, ordering our lives, our chosen way of living around a future event and not current circumstances. How do we find out what that is? Well, we look to God. And over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about numerous ways for God to be your portion for him to be your chosen way of life so no matter what comes your way you will be fiercely present on God's way of doing life and when you do God's way of life every day his mercies are new his faithfulness his goodness his gratefulness the way his grace all these things come your way and he's not he's not tricking you with it the problem is not God's not merciful the problem is we're distracted And we look to other things and other people instead of looking to God for our chosen way of doing life. So what would keep us from experiencing this? Well, distraction. Distraction results in partial attention. And when we give partial attention, nobody wins. Typically, partial attention results in anxiety. Because you're so busy jumping from from situation to situation to situation. And so we want to talk about what it means to be fiercely present, to, be, to give full attention to what God wants for us this new year. I shared this last month. Microsoft researcher Linda Stone said, continuous partial attention is our new normal. Wow. And, and how true that is. Listen to what Dallas Willard says. This will stop us. Digital distraction... Could be the greatest threat to your relationship with Christ and others. Wow. Digital distraction could be, it didn't say it has to be, so we're not down on that, but digital distraction could be the greatest threat to your relationship with Christ. And with others, because when you are distracted, we have our chosen way of living being driven by other people's opinions. Or in some cases, feelings that are legit, but are out of control. Instead of focusing and being fiercely present with what God wants for us. Wow. How about this? Digital scrolling could be the greatest threat to your relationship. John Ortberg said this, For many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith this year. In fact, I have no, that does not worry me one iota at the people of New Cove, Cove, that we we would renounce our faith. Here's what what does concern me. It is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of faith faith and we just skim our lives instead of actually living them and at new Cove we're saying that is not gonna have not on my watch not on your watch that we would just that we would skim over life and we would accept a mediocre kind of faith so what does it look like for us to be just totally focused and and, and to say, to be fiercely present, well, that's what we're going to talk about for the next several weeks. But why is it important? Because how we spend our time is how we spend our lives. How we spend our time is how we spend our lives. Now, uh, just remember the 705, okay? 705, 705. That's the average number of hours people spend per year on social media. And that sounds low to me 705 hours per year on social media how about this 2,735 2,735 2,735 hours per year the average person watches tv Business Insider Magazine reported that the average iPhone user touches their phone 2,617 times a day. Or to put it the way Christine Kane put it, it's hard to look at Jesus when you're looking at your phone. I thought this was interesting. Sin and distraction have something in common. Sin And distraction have something in common. Because distraction doesn't have to be sinful. But sin and distraction have something in common. Here they have the same effect. They cut off your connection to God, to other people, and even to your own soul. So what are we going to do about this? Let's look uh, at one other uh, survey and then we'll jump into Matthew 11. This uh, survey comes uh, by way of Michael uh, Zegarelli from Charleston uh, Southern University. And he looked at 20,000 followers of Jesus. And the, the research was done. What, what are obstacles to, these, to Christian growth? What are ob- your obstacles to growing in your faith? He looked at over 20,000 Uh, People who are followers of Jesus. And here's what he, he came to his hypothesis. It may be the case that one, Christians are assimilating to a culture of busyness, hurry, and overload. Which leads to God becoming more marginalized in Christians' lives. Which leads to a deteriorating relationship with God which leads to Christians becoming even more vulnerable to adopting secular assumptions about how to live, which leads, lastly, to a more conformity to a culture of busyness, hurry, and overload, and then the cycle begins again and again. Not on our watch. We want to make sure that we are fiercely present in our walk with God and that God's word drives us, that He's our anchor and not current circumstances. So, why am I making such a big deal about it? About awareness and attention, because what you give your attention to is the person you become. In the end, your life is no more than the sum of the attention that you gave. Let's look then at an, another on ramp on how to stay fiercely present. Uh, take your Bibles and look at Matthew 11. It's a familiar passage, but there are a couple things I want us to draw uh, some attention that you may not have thought about in the past. I hadn't until I came across it. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. In context, Jesus is speaking to his followers. So he's not just talking to non-followers. He's talking to an 11 o'clock group of new coveys. So here's what he has to say. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened and exhausted and I'll give you rest. Everybody in for that, right? Okay. Here's what he says. Take my yoke upon me, upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and I'm humble in heart. And why is he gentle and humble in heart? Because his mercies are new every single day. Isn't this amazing? He wants to bring the best to us. He wants to keep us from being overwhelmed with life. For I'm gentle, humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I came across uh, a, a theologian, a New Testament theologian named Frederick Dale Bruner. And he reminded, he wrote something that I hadn't thought much about. And here's what he said. A yoke is a work instrument. Okay, most of us know that. A yoke is a way to carry on work. But he said, when Jesus says, all of you who are weak and weary and heavy laden and overwhelmed with life, I will give you, take my yoke, I will give you rest. Most of us think Jesus is going to provide a mattress for a nap, right? That's all I need is a good nap and I'll be good to go. But what Jesus gives is a work instrument. Here's what Frederick Bruner said. Jesus realizes that the most restful gift he can give the tired, the overwhelmed, the weary, is a new way to carry life. A new way to carry life. God is my portion, my way of doing life. That He's the one who gives us a new way to do life. He is our portion when we look to him and obey him and let our lives align to what the scripture says, then he gives us this new way of doing life, a fresh way to bear responsibilities, not ignore them, a fresh way to bear up under the circumstances. And instead of offering escape, Jesus offers equipment. Most of us pray, and again, when all, the, when all your prayer requests come in, we pray for God to answer, answer the prayer. We, we're not, you know, we, we want that to happen but most of us, when we put prayer requests in, we want to escape. As, Get this out of my life. This is what I'm asking you to pray for. And we pray for that. But there's something bigger to go on that we want to happen in your life, that you have a new way to bear the next problem that's going to come, your next prayer request, that there is something that's, that's underpinning it all, and that's the presence of power of God, not the distraction of everything else around us. So, Jesus gives us a new way to carry life. How do we do that? How do we bear up? Here's what he says Come to me. Come to me. The word come insinuates that you're leaving one place and going to another, not in addition to, but instead of. A decision has to be made today, hopefully, that you are going to let God be your portion his way of doing life, that you will let him direct you and it will be a decision that you leave from putting your hope and trust in other things, other people, other circumstances, that you leave that and you go to Jesus and it's not just something you add Jesus onto, but Jesus is instead of where you've been putting your hope and trust. Now, I have just an idea uh, I want you to know God did not wake me up in the middle of the night and say this. So just I'm just giving you fair warning so you can pass it off and don't take notes, okay? Um, I want to challenge you to go social media free through this series. Now, you're a little more awake than the 9, 930, so thank you for being honest. But if your heart rate just skyrocketed, and you're wanting to know where the, where the closest defibrillator is, take a clue, people. Now, I'm not saying that you, you're, you don't do what you need to do to do, take care of business. I'm saying go scrolling free. How about that? Go scrolling free through this series. And again, I please hear me. I'm not saying the devil is in Facebook. Okay, I'm I'm on Facebook about once a year. When Karen says, "Tim, you need to read this. Somebody's trying to tell you something." How about I have an account? All right. So I'm not I'm not saying the devil is in that. I'm just saying that we can find ourselves scrolling for hours and hours and hours and hours and be diverted and go down these rabbit trails and, and waste so much time when we could be giving fiercely present time and attention to letting God speak to us. So, and so it, it may, I'll just leave it at that. You, you, you and Jesus wrestle that one out. But the point is, in order to take his yoke, it requires letting go of what you're tied to. You've got to let go of your old way of... A yoke is a way of doing life. When when rabbis, they had their yoke. And the rabbi's yoke was their way of teaching, their outlook on life. It was their portion, how they do life. And so you have to be careful what rabbi you follow because one rabbi may be a nutcase. And then you're in big trouble. Then you're imitating a nut. Okay? So... Jesus says, "I've got a better yoke." And it comes by putting your hope and trust in me and not in other people and not in performance and not in trying to keep the law. If we're willing to come underneath him as our teacher, then we then we no longer carry the burden of figuring out our life assignment on our own. It just makes such total sense to choose the right rabbi, and I'm not the rabbi. I should not be my own rabbi because I can be driven by emotion. I can be driven by the latest text. I can be driven by the latest whatever if I'm not careful. But what if, as New Coveys, we were fiercely present with God this year? <laughs> can you imagine what would happen? We were fiercely present. We didn't give him leftovers but we decided that the first thing that we're going to do in the morning is look to God instead of looking to our phones. Can you imagine what might happen? Mm. Ortberg put it this way, an easy life is not an op- option, but an easy yoke is. There was one other that I want you to to hear from Jesus, in other words, offers something better than our fantasy of being problem free he offers himself, and that's what we want to be fiercely present for is Jesus himself you see I want you to I want you to hear this from Walter Adams. now you may not know who Walter Adams is, but you're about to. Walter Adams is the spiritual, was the spiritual director to C.S. Lewis. So that all, all automatically ought to go, oh my word. C.S. Lewis is sitting under this guy and learning from this guy. So he probably has something decent to say. Here's what Walter Adams, spiritual director of C.S. Lewis said. To walk with Jesus is to walk with a slow, unhurried pace. Hurry is the death of prayer and only impedes and spoils our work. It never advances it. Wow. Ronald Rollheiser put it this way. It's not that we have anything against God. We don't have anything against depth. We don't have anything against the Spirit. We would like these. It's just that we're habitually too preoccupied to have any of these things show up on our radar screens. We're just preoccupied. Wouldn't it be awesome if we were fiercely present this year? If you're not presently under conviction, and I have been all along, so this is as much about me as it is you, how about this? This is from Donald Whitney. Donald Whitney is like, an, an, uh, he's Richard Foster, uh, Dallas Willard. He, he's a spiritual disciplines guru. If you want to do any study on spiritual disciplines, these three guys are kind of the ones to go to. So here's what Donald, Donald Whitney said. Without exception, the men and women I have known who make the most rapid, consistent and evident growth in Christ likeness have been those who develop a daily time of being alone with God wow so Jesus says come to me learn from me come to me learn from me come to me we have to decide to let go of where we've been going and come to him and learn from me the word learn means disciple so We want to talk this month about what does it mean to learn from him. We're going to come to him, we're going to be fiercely present. So what are we going to do while we're there? Well, I've got a plan for you this week. Your next step, shock of all shocks, is the word fiercely present words fiercely present. Will you take your worship guide and look at page four? Our worship team can come to the platform. On page four, there's an uh, an opportunity for us to do one of our Bible reading plans. It's Bible.com, and I've got a plan for those that don't want to do the Bible.com thing, so hang on. But this one comes out of uh, our Bible reading plan, Bible.com. And it's called New Mercies, uh, New Year New Mercies. It's a 15-day study. And it is a game changer. Paul Tripp is an amazing teacher. And you will be challenged. When you give, you're fiercely present and you're giving focused attention to, to reading, it, it, it's a game changer. It'll be a great devotion. And I'd like for all of you who are doing Bible reading plans to subscribe to that and work on it. Other options, if, that, if you don't want that. Other options. Epic is another Bible reading plan. Our student ministry leads out in this. I see it all the time. Our students and, and student workers doing it. Epic 1, Epic 2, Epic 3, Epic 4. It'll take you through the entire Bible. It'll take you through different sections of, of the Bible. Uh, through the Gospels. It, it just has all kinds of great readings. It's a great plan. That is an option. I'm not telling you to do all of these. I'm saying pick one. The, if you... If you do just the uh, new, new New Year, New Mercies, you're going to have a little more time on your hands because we're not scrolling as much this month. And so you're going to need something in addition to New Plan, New Year, New Mercies. And so an option may be epic. The Bible Project, just search that. It has amazing tools on background study. It'll set you up for a win, and it will take you through the Bible. And you can have your... There's a plethora of options on the the Bible project. If you uh, don't want to use your your phone or your laptop for this, then just go through the book of Mark through this series. It'll talk about how amazing Jesus is as a rabbi, and your life will be changed as you read the miracles of Jesus uh, through the book of Mark. So you've got all kinds of options. The issue is just now... Now that we're committed to coming to him, now we've got to learn from him. And so let's get fiercely present and let's get focused and not let the distractions pull us from that. This next song, it's one you know, but I'd like for you to just contemplate uh, the words. Let them speak into your heart. Some of the lyrics may need to be a confession for you if they're not true of you right now. There are three questions I'd like for you to ponder. They'll come up on the screen as well. Uh, But just let this next song speak to you. Father, you have been uh, fiercely present in our lives. Uh, You have been focused on us. You gave us your son. You have promised that you will fill us, that you will sustain us, that you will give us new mercies every single day. And you will offer us a way of doing life that will sustain us. Father, may we in turn look to you as our rabbi. May we take on your way of doing life. And would you give us the strength to handle whatever may come our way. May we be fiercely present as we focus on you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.